And now, welcome to The Approach with Jeremy Seaholm, Danny Finn. Welcome to The Approach. I am your host, Jeremy Seaholm. And I'm Danny Finn. See, I didn't try to number the episodes. I was going to say, whenever we on, Jeremy? <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. I think it's... It's either seven or eight. I think it's eight, because I was one off from what I actually said on the episode. Oh, were you? We have to, I, I know who's been on it, so we'd have to go back, but we can do that off the air. Um, so we have uh, we had Amy Dewey on last week. We have Lexi Bully on this week, the general manager of Lita Lanes. Yes. Yes, so we do. That's kind of getting a perspective again. It's, it's similar to what we discussed with Debt, running a bowling alley, running a center, which uh, you know very little about, right? Nothing. nothing. I literally know nothing about it. So, you know, obviously, you know, getting that perspective, you know, obviously joking, Jeremy knows a lot about it. And I think you guys actually had a lot to bond over, you know, the state of bowling going through COVID and trying to hire after the fact has been... Uh, oh, it's been brutal. It's if still... you're looking for a job and you want to work at a bowling alley, <laughs> give are, us a call. <laughs> we are hiring, just so you know. So I think uh, I think a lot of bowling alleys seem to be hiring as well. So, I mean, I guess the good thing is, you know, it's it's better to see people trying to get employees versus getting rid of them, I guess. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's just bowling. I oh, think no, no, no. I think it's everybody all around the, I all agree. the board. I agree. But, uh, well, if that's ever been your dream job, go call your local bowling center and see if they're hiring, because I bet you they are. So we'll have Lexi come in just a little bit, and we'll discuss all that entails. And we'll be back after that for some spare thoughts. All right. Well, Lexi, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. So you had a little bit of a drive down, right? Uh, hour, 15 minutes. Not too, too bad. Do you have traffic? On 495, yeah. So Topless in the Jeep. <laughs> so we wanted to talk a little bit about, um, you're the general manager at Lita. Yeah. How long have you been doing that? Uh, since I was 12, but pretty much my whole life. Yeah. So she's been running Lita since she's 12. That's not bad. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> so I assume this uh, family operation. Yeah, my grandfather opened it with his brother in 1959. And my dad's worked there pretty much his whole life and pretty much my whole life. So. Yeah. So, Jeremy was talking earlier about COVID. Now, Jeremy can talk. How was COVID? We'll start with Jeremy real quick. How was COVID for us here? Bad. It was It was really bad. I mean, you know, we were all excited to come back. I think it was July 6th. I think yeah, we were, it was somewhere around We were able there. to open. I'm not sure about how New Hampshire was. Um, but, yeah, I had a meeting with my, my boss, Zach, and he's like, all right, so, you know, we're opening July 6th. We can't have the games. Right. Yeah. Which is our bread and butter. Yeah. You know? well, they said it was close contact areas. Meanwhile, casinos were open. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? Which is an adult, it's an adult arcade. They have a better lobby group than we have, apparently. Yeah, <laughs> apparently. But, More money in it. <laughs> right. And I mean, it was just bad because at that point, people were still, still like terrified that they're going to go outside. It was just, it was, I mean, we're doing $100 days. Yeah. So was it any different for you guys up in New Hampshire? Uh, no, it's pretty much the same. We, since 1959, have closed maybe one day a year, and that's for refinishing because we had to. So to be closed from March to, I think we reopened in June. We opened our bar in May outside, got a big tent just to kind of bring some revenue into the bowling alley, but uh, reopening was tough. Leagues were like super skeleton. And it's kind of funny, our senior league was the biggest league coming back, which is 
I mean, at first the population we were trying to protect. Right. <laughs> they were the ones that were the most gung-ho to get out of the house and the ones we had the, the hardest time with, like, the mask mandates following. They're just walking around, you know, no mask. We're like, hey, you know, well, you got Betty 86, put it on. But <laughs> We had, uh, I remember at one point, we had Frenchie in here. Frenchie's got a, I mean, he's retired. I'm not going to guess his age, especially if he's listening and I'm wrong. He's like 60. <laughs> Seven, so I think he came in and he always would, especially when it's slow, he'll pick his own lane. And he's like, I'll go on lane 12. I said, Oh, I haven't cleaned that lane off yet. He looked at me and goes, ah, I really don't care. Right. <laughs> so I was like, right. I was like, I think I have to protect you. And I went, I care. Yeah. <laughs> Just Let me go down real, real quick. quick. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and the other one we had, I don't know if you guys have similar, it was uh, our kids' league, it was the only league I think we didn't have any drop in uh, participation. We, I think we only had one kid didn't come back and I know he's had he has some health um, concerns but other than aging out our kids league was pretty much back to where it was the year prior. Yeah our kids league um, wasn't they're kind of low anyway um, just where we are with like sports and stuff like that but yeah I would say our kids league and our senior leagues are the ones that came back pretty much full, full tilt. Was everybody in between. Now how many kids do you have in your kids league? I think we've got Eight bumpers and 15 juniors. Okay, so you, our league is relatively the same. We have about 21 kids overall, yeah. so we're in roughly the same. So yeah. long gone are the days that we're here in about 300 kids. Oh, my gosh. And That's what I grew up in was, yeah. was you know, 9.30, 11.30, and 2 o'clock, like full, both sides, you know, crazy. Now, we're, I want to get back to kids league, but before that, when did you start seeing Lita, or have you seen Lita start to get back to some level of normalcy? on your business from covid yes um i would say probably like memorial day weekend it was super rainy yes and we were just slammed and i think at one point you know we looked my dad and i looked at each other we're like bowling's back like it's back to like what it was before yeah mandates were lifted so we at one point had all 36 lanes going and and it was it was pretty a little scary not gonna lie like (laughs) to have that many people in the building at one time but it was back like you know and, and same thing with the 4th of July weekend, like these rainy days and weekends have been amazing. Yeah, you know? I think the bowling gods have been good as far as that goes. I mean, the month, the month of July has been fantastic to us. Yeah, we've had, I think, one of the best summers we've had in a long time. I mean, I know we uh, we had an owner here that uh, retired, PJ McCall, used to say summers were relatively big for bowling to an extent when it was 100 degrees because nobody had AC. Right. Now that everybody's got AC and there's so many options, it's not as big as it used to be, but I don't remember summers this big in a long time, and yeah. I think the rain's a big factor. Though, for the most part, we're—I mean, we're we're beating 2019 numbers. Yeah, are you guys seeing similar? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think we're the only business that does a rain dance in the summer. Exactly. You know, we want the rain, and yeah. we like the rainy weekends, rainy mornings. Cancel the plans. Yeah, well, it's it's back to well, like you like you said about Memorial Day weekend. I'm sure they're still mad at me for that. <laughs> <laughs> my buddy planned this uh, overnight Saturday to Sunday for my 40th birthday. Man, you're old. And I couldn't. He would. He would have lost a bunch of money. And like there was no way. Like I could not like do it. And of course, there's also no way, even with the mandates going down, that we could have ever anticipated it was going to be as busy as it was. I mean, you guys must have had no clue either. Oh yeah, no. Well, it they was... changed the weather. Like it changed like halfway through the week or whatever it was. Yeah. And then I saw it was going to rain. I'm like, oh no. I spent like the entire four hour ride to New Jersey. I'm sitting there because I can look at the cameras. I'm so right. like. Like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. He's like, I'm going to throw your phone out the window. Right, right. <laughs> He's like, there's nothing you can do. But same thing, July 4th weekend. We, I mean, we had a record weekend. Yeah. 
we were closed for one day, so and we kind of like last minute were like, do we open? Do we close? Do we open? And we were like, you know what? Just close. Like we kind of back in the day never closed on holidays. We were open 365 days a year, and I think since COVID, we've kind of gone back a little bit and are able to close, but. Memorial Day weekend, I mean, I had my 10 and 12-year-old in sprained shoes, wiping down lanes. I'm like, we are a family business, and, and they yeah. learned that day, like, <laughs> hard work. So yeah. I'm appreciative of it, you know, for sure. Yeah, we definitely needed those days. And so now, after we had the Memorial Day, July 4th, like, do you feel like the open business is coming back? I do, I do. I mean, obviously, in the summer, it's slower. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to gauge on those nicer days. Is it slow because it's the summer? Is it slow because of COVID? Is it is it both? And I think the rainy days, you know, solidified the fact it's it's slow because of summer. And, you know, it is. We do see it coming back last night. I mean, it was a beautiful weekend, and I had, like, 15 lanes going at one time on a Saturday night, which is pretty, you yeah. know. I think people are just start crazy. They want to get out. They they're, they're, they're tired of, you know, being home. And I think for us, a lot of it is our morning business has picked up a lot. And I don't know if that has to do with people are still unemployed. So, and there's still some stimulus money coming in. So do people have excess money and time? And that kind of opens it up. I mean, we are a recreational right. kind of, it's not a, a necessity, it's, a, it's yeah. a recreation. Yeah, absolutely. So is that kind of helping us a little bit in the interim? Which I think, I mean, local businesses need it. I mean, we all are in the same boat, so. Yeah. Now, one of the things that happened through COVID, and I don't think the league's gonna extend, is you guys ended up pretty much with the Friday Night Pro League at yeah. your house, which I remember somebody kind of threw a dig at it, not Lita, but the idea was, okay, so because of COVID, we're not gonna bowl five-on-five five matches, but instead we're all gonna go to one place. Right. <laughs> So did you, were you approached with that idea? How did that come to be? That yeah, the Friday Night Pro um, Nick Leach, Matt Susie kind of approached me and they're like, hey, if, you know, can we throw your name in, in, you know, into the rink? Would you guys be willing to take it on? And we just said, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, we don't want to step on anyone's toes, obviously, and take anything from anyone. Right. But if, you know, we've got the lanes, we've got the... The social distancing, I mean, they didn't social distance, but we've got the, you know, to, to social distance people away from them. Um, yeah, good luck know. getting bowlers to social distance. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of hugging. And a lot of, of hugging. No um, fist bumping, yeah, okay. But yeah, so, you know, we didn't want to step on any toes, but, you know, our doors are always open for anything anybody wants to do. We're, you know willing to help the community in that sense. So. Now, Matt Susie seems like one of those guys, every time he's posting, it seems like he's coming up with ideas for Lita. Does he work there or just really um, so in he, love with the game? A little bit of both. He just started helping out. Um, we're going through, we're doing all new sidewalls, uh, resurfacing our lanes this week, going through machines, we're getting new pins. So he's kind of helped on that end of the things, getting everything ready. I think last night he worked, I had him in pits, like, vacuuming. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he jokes that he's only taken him, you know, since he was 16, wanted to work there. And, you know, I'm not going to say how old he is now, but, you know, not 20. Not 16. Not 16, no. <laughs> um, but his just his love for the game, his love for, for Lita. Like, you know, he grew up in the junior leagues there. We've been friends since, you know, we were 10 years old. And yeah. I think him, you know, he's a huge... He's pro, you know, helping the bowling alley, like, succeed. And I can't think of a day that we don't sit around and say, like, hey, what about this idea? Or, you know, we just throw ideas at each other. Right. After every tournament, we sit, you know, like, what can we do to make that tournament better? Or what, you know, what other tournament ideas can we come up with? One of the ideas that I really like, and I think, I don't know if you came up with it or Matt or somebody else, was the Triple Crown. Yeah. And... One of the things that I love about that, even though I could never bowl 20 strings, you, you've never bowled a 20 stringer. I've never bowled a 20 stringer. Have you ever bowled 20 strings in a day? 17. 
Yeah. Oh, you're not come saying. on. So close. Three more. Well, I lost a baker, so. I got, <laughs> like, okay. Can I just bowl three more, please? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Off to the side. I, I don't think I could I can manage to throw 20 strings, but one of the things that I like about that, and I'm not going to get into names or anything like that, but I saw a post on Facebook that was talking about the it was a compliment, but then something that kind of rubbed me the wrong way a little bit, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but they were talking about everyone loves the 20-stringer, which yeah. of course is great. And then they were saying, we should do another 20-stringer, and then other houses started jumping in saying, right. well, we'll do it. Well, you guys kind of, in my opinion, have the niche on the 20-stringer. Yeah. And then I think by creating your own triple crown with a 20-stringer, I think you guys got in front of that to avoid a 20-stringer maybe going to a different house. Um, <laughs> I know what voice you're talking about, and, I mean, that person, uh, Beauvert, you know. Okay. He's a, he's a huge advocate for Lita, too. Don't get me wrong. And he, like, approached me and was like, listen, I didn't mean anything bad by yeah. that. Yeah, well, that's why I didn't like, want to say anything, because no, no, I don't no, think no, he did. He, he really didn't, and we've talked about this. And Like I said, he's the one that comes up with ideas, too. Yeah. Like, we sit around, and he wants nothing but the best, you know, for Lita. And Easter was created because it was one of the slowest days of the year. Oh, yeah. You know, Christmas were busy, we've Thanksgiving were busy. We've done deposits of, like, you know, $20 on yeah. the day. Yeah, so that's that's where Ray come up, you know, came up with the idea. And it just kind of has taken its, its on its own beast. Right. And my family knows Easter is just, it's just... Our Boston Marathon of Bowling. You know, no, I'm going to tell you this, and I know I have to bring it up every podcast. If I don't, Mike Nardone will yell at me. But Outrun the Bear is yeah. one of the premier tournaments we run here. Yeah. And I know you can uh, vouch for this. I always looked at Easter as one of those tournaments that I said, we need to get that big. Like, that yeah. that's a tournament that I always looked up to because it's, it's one of the best tournaments out there. Yeah, it's one of my favorite days of the year because yeah. the Candlewick community, and you just have people that... You don't see all year, but yeah. you see them on Easter. And, and that was kind of the thought going into the Triple Crown, seeing that there was a need for it. I mean, we always know. Uh, you know, some people want it on a Saturday or not on Easter. So by kind of doing the Triple Crown and the homage to Ray, like, you know, the only reason the bowling alley is really there is because of horse racing. Yeah. You know, he was a successful horse owner. And so Triple Crown is kind of like, you know, my dad came up with the idea of let's let's do a 5, a 10, a 20. And then I kind of went with it and ran with it and, you know, did the Triple Crown theme and, and said, you know, the winner of the 5 gets into the 10. And that kind of keeps, you know, so then they're not just going to bowl in the 5, they'll bowl in the 10. And then the 10, you know, bowl in the 20. And if we had, you know, the same winner for all three, but... We didn't, so that's kind of out. But you know, we'll we'll we're keeping stats of the five and ten and twenty, and we'll do something with that. But you so know. you are. So if you win all three, do you get? Was there supposed to be a prize? There was going to be. Yeah, yeah. We were going to do it. You know. So daily uh, ruined that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course he did. It's so hard. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's tough, and it, it's. I know I'm surprised you didn't bowl in it because you love yourself some ten stringers. You've said. I do. <laughs> so are you ever going to get there for a twenty stringer? Um, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, if, if, you, if you guys do, I mean, is this something you plan on doing yearly? I'd love to, yeah. I think it was something, you know, once a month. It's it's different. It's your, you know, your typical 5, 10, you know, not not typical 20, but yeah. scratch. But it kind of ties it all together and, and makes it, you know, once a month type of thing, you know, kind of like the Triple Crown of horse racing. So. I, I think I would do it in that setting. Yeah. Just Easter has always been... A family day. Understandably. Well, I, mean, I, have to, I mean, granted, I have to work, too. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, you know, Me too. Like, but I, you know, we're not, like, religious people, but it was always just a family day yeah. that, that, you know, we, we have dinner. And for a lot of people, it's a reset day. If, if it's not a religious day, it's a reset day for them right. to kind of... Exactly. Uh, understandably, absolutely. And I'm thankful for the bowlers that we do get. So that's why, you know, 
this 20 stringer that's on a Saturday and not on <laughs> Easter should have a lot of extra bowlers. Right. Now, <laughs> not pointing fingers at anybody, but. The podcast is so. No, just everybody. <laughs> a little behind the scenes. So the podcast is going to air after the 20 yeah. stringer. So we don't know who the winner of the 20 stringer no. is, but by the time you listen to this, you're all going to know the answer. Yeah. So <laughs> there's a little bit of disconnect there. Um, on Spare Thoughts, we will have the announcement of who won it when we when we do air it. Um, so that's a little behind the scenes for okay. some people. Cool. But so do you have a list of how many people have signed up for this tournament? No, I'm horrible at that aspect of things. I'm kind of just more like, let me know you're coming. Pay yeah. me cash the day <laughs> of. You know, and I'm just not good at I will post a post this week, you know, kind of pushing people, but I'm not good at keeping track of those things, you know, and I would say, yeah. how many people for Easter? And I'm like, I don't know, I think like 20, and but we've had three paid, you know, and in, in I know you guys kind of deal with this without, like, getting yeah. people to pay and commit ahead of time is just, so it's hard. That, but. again, like, no, as I said, we look to, to Easter as, like, one of the tournaments, you know, the, at one point, I don't know, you guys aren't still paying five grand for top prize for Easter, are you? Um, we did a couple years ago. We have $1,000 donated by Coke, and this year I've really pushed to get more sponsors yeah. to try to get it. It's just hard with... It is, and that's one of the things yeah. that we're trying to do here as well as more sponsors. But that was, like, my big goal. I kept saying, like, if we can pay somebody $5,000 top prize, like, that's been a yeah. goal of ours. But as far as getting people to prepay, that was something I went to the Lipkeys about. Yeah. Because that's something that they've been doing for right, a long time. absolutely. And then I think John Pumphrey has candlepin.com or candlepin.org or something like that where you can, like, prepay right online. He's got a whole website. Really? Yeah. I don't know. If, see, the thing I don't like about that is then you're going to get whacked with fees and yeah. everything else. Yeah, but, yeah, So, yeah, he has it set up that you can go right on, register, and pay for your tournament spot right then and there. But... I know some people don't like the prepay aspect. I like it. I think you're more likely to show up if you've already prepaid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And for us, I mean, you have a bigger house than we have. We have 22 lanes here. You said you have 36. Yeah. So for us, we have a finite amount of lanes that we can draw. And I try to get everything done the day before just for the chaos that, yeah. that ensues. So, you know, I, I'm a I'm a big advocate of trying to prepay. And because of that, when I bowl in tournaments, I try to, prepay, I try to pay for everything right up. Because how can I say prepay and then... Never right. prepay for anything. Right. right. So. Yeah, I mean, we're big on that Venmo. I think people are like, "Can I Venmo you?" And I don't know. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want money lost in that. I know a couple people that have kind of gotten nabbed with that, and their Venmo shut down, and money's in limbo as far as yeah you know, paying out leagues and stuff like that. So well, it has to be like a business account or something. Yeah. Like that, right? I so I have Venmo, and I do it a lot for Out on the Bear. So far, so good. But I like it because one of the things I can't stand, especially like, and I know people still do it, and I'm not calling anybody out, but I'll be walking from, you know, lane two to ten to go talk to somebody, and somebody will quickly throw money at me and oh say, gosh. oh, this is for out on the bear. And I say, okay, it sounds good, and I throw it in my pocket. And then you're like, who was that? And then, well, then I post, you know, here's a list of people who haven't paid yet, and somebody goes, oh, I paid you two weeks ago, and I have to think about it and go, they probably did. I don't think anybody lies. Yeah, I think we have a pretty good no. community. Yeah. So for the most part, I take people's word for right. it. Um, and also, once they say it, you start to think back and go, okay, I do remember right. this. Now you threw money at me as I was walking by and not paying attention. With Venmo, there's a list. Right. I paid you. I can scroll and go, oh, no, there it is right there. Yeah. And I'm all set, and I know that I have it. It's in the account. Yeah, I mean, I just don't. I, I, I get weary of it, you know, because I don't have a business one, so it's going through my personal one. And then i got to go to the bank and take the money out. And I just, cash day of is, like, totally fine. You know, and you'll get some people that will show up and hand me their credit card day of, and I'm like, you should know better, but, you know, it's just hard, especially, I'm sure you guys deal with it, we're mostly a credit card business. Like, yeah. cash is kind yeah. of by the wayside now, so especially where we're paying out cash, like, 
we need to make sure we have cash on hand. So if you're going to pay me cash, they have. I know we're good for it. And I think we're, I mean, I don't know how you guys do it, but we're all of them. Pretty much most of our tournaments, all the money we get goes right back to the bowlers. Yeah, we the we, house does take money. From yeah, we don't just because we hope you know people like Bull there and Baker show up and make up for it in the bar. Yeah, but um. <laughs> now, do you guys have a full bar? Or just, we do. So yeah. we don't have a full bar. Yeah. Here. Have, you, have you never been there? I've never been there. Really? Really. No, I have to go. It, it, yes. It, it I is. feel like I just got, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I've been telling you for a long time. It's one of my favorite places. Yeah. I always, I mean, Fairway was always like, that was, that was my home. And Lita, I felt like it was like my second home because I was there three times a week trying out for Channel 50. And then it, it was just comfortable. I, yeah. I always really, really, really liked it. It's home away from home. It is. Yeah. yeah. Our I'm, bar is kind of pretty nostalgic, you know, yeah. like step back into the, the 70s, 80s when you step in there. It's not a dive by any means, but... It's it's no. pretty it's special, yeah. Yeah, at some point I do have to make a ride up there. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to hit up more places. I bowled in um, the Masons King of the Hill yesterday. Yeah. Well, but whenever this airs. Yeah. Um, was not successful. I was I was awful. I did not uh, come <laughs> come back from my high five very well. Yeah. So, Masons, uh, it's a little tough. For me, it was. So, have you ever bowled here at Ryan's and Millis? No. Okay, so. A lot of people have compared our approaches to a skating rink. Okay. And I don't think they're that bad. Well, I am used to more slippery lanes. Okay. And I felt like it was a little tacky there. And I know some people like tackier, so I'm not knocking right. out at all. But I'm working on a brand new approach. And the fact that I wasn't comfortable in my slide made my approach a little bit different. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. I know Mike Nardone was trying to tell me who actually won King of the Hill, was telling me, slow your approach down. I can't adjust that quickly to a new approach while I'm working on a brand new approach. And everything fell out of place yeah. so but uh it was a lot of fun yeah it was funny because i had i had four two fills <laughs> two spread eagles i'm uh, not two spread eagles two half whisters which were annoying that was my fault then i one of them was a 610 and then the last two fill i had was the one eight and i turned around and said i'm not even mad i did my job on that one <laughs> like <laughs> at that point i was out of it so i just it is what it is but yeah. it was a fun tournament i do so i am trying to Go to more houses, yeah. and Lead is definitely on the list of places that I do want to go to. Anytime. You guys do a lot of scratch, and I'm not that good of a bowler. No. Yeah, we got a handicap tournament coming up, though, Matt and I put together. Has it been posted yet? No. Okay, do you want to announce it on the podcast? Sure. Um, we're doing, I think the date's going to be October 24th. I need October 24th off. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're going to do, it's called the Halloween Scramble. Okay. So it's going to be a doubles knockout. But your first five games, you have a different partner each game. So after the first game, you pull your partner for the first game. We'll pay out each each game. So first game, then you redraw your partner in the second game, redraw your partner in the third game, redraw your partner in the fourth game. The fifth game, when you redraw your partner, that's your partner for the tournament. So okay. it kind of mixes things up a little bit. You know, you're not... Yeah. And then, so then it's, then it's knockout style after that. One string knockout, take half the field, take half the field. So we'll pay out the first five games. Yeah. High single, and then. So that's similar to an idea I was just talking about with somebody recently. Actually, I've talked to a few people about it. It was, um, so you get 32 people. We don't have anything. So it's kind of cool to hear that because the idea was you have 32 people. And there's 16, uh, 32 chips, two ones, two twos, two threes, yeah. and you randomly draw your that's partner. That's basically what this is. But yeah. every round you get knocked out. So half the field gets knocked out, and now there's two chips, not the roll-off like you were saying. But it's kind of cool. I like the idea, and, and Jeremy and I were talking about this, of the random draw. You get to bowl with people you don't typically bowl yeah, with. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, so, so we kind of came up with that idea during um, Matt runs our cornhole tournaments on Wednesday night. Oh, so yeah. I'll Not go corn my, bowl? 
No, no. I want to do a cornball one, and we'll bring it. Like we bring it sometimes and just let people yeah. play off on the sides. But Eddie so, Florentino, if you're listening, you gotta yeah, get on this. Come on, hook me up. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so yeah, and we just came up with that idea, and the logistics of it obviously is gonna take a, li- a little bit, but yeah. just different different partners. I love that idea. Yeah, so that's hopefully October 24th, which is a Sunday. I know I'm gonna get crucified for that one. Yeah, but. <laughs> well, it's tough too, but I mean, so speaking of tournaments and calendars you run the calendar i try (laughs) so are you on that emailing list jeremy yes yeah so do you feel like uh you're getting a lot of tournaments posted to that or i do i still am searching a lot like i still find myself searching through the facebook trying to like find it because people aren't sending me dates or you know like people just post like hey this tournament whatever and and so I don't mind taking the time to like search through it, but it'd be a lot easier if people would just send me the dates or tag me in their post. Even if I get tagged 15 times, I don't care. At least I'll have it. And I think, you know, a calendar is a long time coming. I know we have the, the Facebook, the separate Facebook group, but I think keeping it in the main Facebook group was big because, you, you know, I don't want to go through two different Facebook groups to find it. So having it in the, the main group was big and, you know, Obviously, there's going to be some overlap, but I think, you know, you don't want to step on anyone's toes, and that's why we moved the the 20-stringer to the week before, because we had had it the 28th, and somebody had tagged them, and they didn't answer, so we went with the 28th, and then they decided to do it. Obviously, you know, we want all centers to succeed. It's not, you know, us over another center. It's, you know, we're, I think, in the community that, you know, you need proprietors that want to work together and, and not, you know, step on anyone's toes, and you'll have that a little bit. I was, I was actually just about to say, you're, you're going to, it's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, you can't avoid. Well, and it's tough, too, and it's a great tournament, but Riverwalk runs uh, King of the River. Right. Every yeah. Sunday. Every Sunday, yeah. And it's tough because even when we run our tournaments here, I've tried to avoid Sundays. Yeah. But then it's like other people have tournaments on Saturdays. Right. There's only so many days in the week, and it's tough to own a whole day of the week every week. Right. But at the same time, you don't want to purposely go out of your way to, to try to hit a tournament. No, yeah, and absolutely. I think, you know, that was one thing that I saw in the need for the calendar is that, you know, we were trying to put together the Triple Crown, and we were trying to do an in-house tournament and just looking through dates, and I didn't, you know, Matt and I, again, he's such a pivotal, like, I'll be like, look at this date, tell me this date. Like, he'll sit there, he's my secretary, I'll like, sit there <laughs> and look through dates and like, no, we can't do this one, or no, we can't do this one, and, you know, the need for the calendar, I think, is was huge, so. And it's great to see, too, and I know we talked about this on a prior podcast, but, and I'm not going to name names again because I'm going to keep leaving people out, but it's, I feel like... In every podcast, you hear five or six guys that are helping out in the game, or women, I don't want to gender specify. But it's so great to see so many people are trying so hard to try to get this game back. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I don't feel like we had that maybe five years ago. I think I don't the think so. community has gotten a lot. We bonded oh, yeah. a lot more over the last Absol- five years. Absolutely. I think it's, you know, we're at a pivotal point, too. You've got some centers that are kind of moving away from the leagues and the tournaments to more hobby, I guess I want to say, hobby, boutique. Boutique, you know, yeah. Yeah. I think is the word they like to use. You know, with just company functions and stuff like that, and I think that that's a wrong turn they're going to take, and they're going to have to eventually 
come back, you know, your right. your leagues are your bread and butter. It's guaranteed. You've got a 32-week league. Yeah. For the most part, those people are guaranteed in your doors. And then they bring yeah. somebody, and then that person's game. And then they become your tournament bowlers. And, you know, it's just that's what grows the league. And I think it really starts with the junior leagues. You yeah. Know, you got to build up your junior leagues. And Ted DeBiro was saying the same thing. I'm not going to say that technology, like, ruined the junior leagues, but it doesn't, you know, it didn't help, you know. But that- I can bowl on my Wii. Why am I going to go to my... <laughs> Dad had a great point too, and I forget the years, but he and I don't know what the span of area, but he said what in 1978 there was a million kids in a certain area, so, yeah. and then 11 years later it was 500,000. Yeah. So he said it's a pure numbers. Oh, absolutely, well. I believe it. Yeah. So I'm a big advocate of trying to get people, your house bowlers, your 90 something, maybe even 80 something bowlers, and trying to bring them along. I did that. And now a lot everybody knows who he is now, but Eric Seeger, I think I brought him to his first tournament up at Lakeside. Yeah. And I did that, and I think he caught the bug. Yeah. I caught, you know, I, Jeremy introduced me to a lot of bowlers. It's kind of how I got the bug. I think my first tournament was out of bogey, outside of here, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's a big thing is trying to get people, if you bowl in a league that isn't our, our Wednesday night league is our premier league, I would say, in this house. But if you bowl in other leagues like that, find your 80 and 90 bowlers. See if you can get them to go to the lead random drop, because it's handicap, right? Like you said. And they get to meet other people, they get introduced. And not for nothing, but you go to one of those tournaments and you're an 80, 90 bowler and you throw that one off 120 game and people start congratulating you. It feels feels, good. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, every, what did, uh, Cheech say everybody's deserving of a high five. Yeah, yeah, he did. So, I and then I think you get that bug. Then you become part of the community. Yeah, absolutely. It 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 does take that one little you know that that push, and we try to do that. You know, we've got some in-house tournaments that are that are more handicapped than we kind of do the scratch for like everyone else to kind of push. You know, you get that that bowler, that kid. You know, that twenty-one-year-old kid yeah. that, that's that's good. It just they don't think they're good enough, and you kind of push them out of the nest, you know, so to say. Now, do you do any, like, uh, tournaments for house bowlers? We do, yeah. So we have our Ed Simino, um, that's my grandfather's brother who passed away. That's a 100% handicap doubles, mixed doubles tournament. You know, we did a lot of the ones that the NHCBA had, best three out of four and stuff like that. We were huge in that um, back before COVID. And those were only open to your house bowlers? Yeah. We talked about that when the first time we ever did out on the bear handicap, I was only going to open it to house bowlers because yeah. I wasn't going to chase averages. And that's and, why, uh, to be honest, that we don't. We yeah. we just started to open it to more because I think now with social media and, and the internet, it's a little bit easier. But before, I had to. Yeah, I know some people look for proof. At Mason's, they didn't ask for my proof of average. Um, I just went in. One away. I mean, I could have pulled it up if they needed it. Yeah. Uh, I also, I'm bowling. I don't know what the winner got. I'm not knocking it, but I think the winner got like, we'll call it, I think it was about less than $100. Yeah. If you're going to go up there and lie for $100, like, right. I'd like to think that people are going to be more honest. And we all yeah. know each other, so... Right, and I think, again, social media is kind of, you know, all of our stats are online. And yep. it, it wasn't, you know, let's say 10 years ago, it wasn't that way. And I think, you know, we, we've we kind of, you know, you guys have pushed it. Getting the stats out there is yes. huge to see. We started that with Easter, you know, several years ago to to, oh, it's to, I, to post it on I, Facebook. If I'm working here, I'm always sitting looking up the yeah, results every time amazing. it gets posted. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, even if you're not up there. Yeah, just to see and the I think names. Bob's, you know, great in that to try to get, you know, stuff televised and yes. on YouTube like that's huge too it's a huge push that the the sport needs yeah and I think with Chicha Nico yeah things like that we're starting to see more it's not TV but it gives the feel and I know I said it on another podcast I don't even know if it's aired yet but 
I think it was with Amy, so that hasn't aired yet since this conversation. Yeah. But it was really frustrating to turn on a match, you know, near the end, and you see a baller go up there and make, you know, cut to two under the one for a crazy spare and fill it with a strike, and you're going, wow, that was incredible, and then the score sheet comes up and they lost by 46. Yeah. It's not as exciting. Right, right. Where if you have a guy like a Bob Lee calling the match and you realize, you know, they need a spare here and they cut that crazy shot, it makes it a little bit more exciting. Unless yeah. you're sitting at home scoring from home incorrectly <laughs> like I did for Jeremy's match. <laughs> I told Jeremy, I said, Jeremy Bolden, the Chicha, congratulations on winning that one. Well, <laughs> proud little smile, but yeah, won't say anything. Okay. And I scored it at home, and I thought, and I had the math wrong. I was like, "No, I think you had the math wrong." He sends me a picture of my score sheet and goes, "Aren't you an accountant? You can't do math." <laughs> I am horrible at scorekeeping. I'm going to admit that right now. I have been very thankful for automatic scoring. <laughs> my my problem was, you know, because we all, we always had just pencil and paper and stuff like that. So we had to fill out the score sheets by ourselves. We had to figure out the handicap by ourselves. So I was just not allowed to do that. Because <laughs> apparently I can't figure out what 80% of 44 was. That's tough. Right. Yeah. You didn't have a calculator in your pocket. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but as I do think that handicap tournaments, I know a lot of people like the scratch idea. I was actually talking with Phil Clough. He doesn't like handicap tournaments. He was telling me because he has four averages. I think he's got a 108, 112, 112, and 119. Right. And he said that he thought, I'm going to clean this up a little bit from how he said it, but he doesn't think it's right that I would have to take his 119. He thinks if you're in multiple leagues... You take the average take of the, the average of the leagues. And I didn't say it to him, because I thought it would be wrong to say it, but I'm going to say it now, and I'll just put it out there. I don't want to do that much work. That's really the answer. <laughs> oh, I don't want to sit yeah. there and chase every right. little average that, that somebody has and try to figure out the weighted average, because then you know the next thing's going to be, well, why don't you incorporate the reason for the houses into it? It's right. Yeah. It just, that's, I mean, again, that's why we kind of shied away from it. That's why I think we're doing 80%, so it'll still appeal to your yes. your scratch bowlers, but it will still appeal to your, it's like the best of both worlds. You know, we had told, you know, a bowler we we're going to do this tournament handicap. He's like, I'm out. I'm done. Not going to do it. Yeah. Like, why? Well, because you have, you know, your 96 average bowler that goes and throws a 120 and then you know so 80 kind of it's right in the middle of the road i like 80 that's the one that we do here uh for our format every string we knock out the bottom so many bowlers yeah. and i've tried to tell some of those scratch bowlers that won't name names but you know that's their concern well what if somebody with an 80 average throws a 120 and i said that's fine but the following round they're not gonna, like there's a it's an average for a reason right. eventually they're going to throw that 60 game yeah. and be out of here that's yeah. what happens yeah. We had a bowler, uh, Jackie uh, Gentilly, who bowled in our league. She had a 67 average. It was her first year of bowling. She bowled and outrun the bear, and for whatever reason, just bowled very well. Yeah. And she didn't cash, but the, but the irony was the round she got knocked out, she threw a 76. Nine over her average. Any other bowler, you throw nine over your average, you're in. Right. Yeah. But because of its 80% handicap, she needed to go 15-20 right. game after game after game. Right. And eventually she just ran out of gas. Yeah. And didn't even throw a bad game for her. Right. Just She's still over her average. Still over I her mean. average. She was super pumped with how she bowled. Yeah. But I think people are missing that, especially if it's not 100%. If it was 100%, obviously, it's different. Yeah. But typically, the, there's a group of bowlers. It's usually, even on our handicap, around 110 to 115 usually ends up winning our handicap. Yeah. Except when Michael Gender just won it with a 99 average. <laughs> and I think Jeremy called him the best 99 average bowler he's ever seen. <laughs> but And we talked about this too. Now, with Lita um, having the Pro Series, like we had Jimbo A out bowling in the handicap yeah. because he had a 116. Now, Lita's a little bit of a harder house. A little bit. <laughs> and I think 
this year a lot of averages were down. Amy was talking about averages being down across the board. Yeah, it was. It's overall. Yeah. So I think there was a a weird year where people, and I think everybody had the same idea, going, oh, my average is low, I'll go do a handicap tournament, not realizing Everybody's you're kind of in the low. same boat yeah. as everybody else. <laughs> um, so that was kind of, a, like I said, a weird year. I think Jimbo came in with a 116, and I don't feel like he's been a 116 probably since he was in youth bowling, probably. Yeah. No, probably not. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, we have something funky going on with our pins. We've had new pins coming, but... I don't, I don't We've got a lot of maracas back there that you just <laughs> broken on the inside. You shake them, and, and so, you know, we're redoing our sidewalls. We're I redoing mean, the lanes. It's, it's just, such an expense, too. Yeah. Aren't they more expensive than 10 pins? It is. I don't. We just bought. Now we've got 36 lanes worth, so, so it's. it's yeah. yeah. Last time, Fairway bought new pins in 2008, and that was 20, 32 lanes. She bought 25 pins per lane, so 800 pins. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure the bill was close to $27,000. Yeah, we and just that did was, 900 pins. Yeah, and so, and that was 13 years ago. Yeah. It's, it's an expense. So, it like, is. people like complaining about, you know, centers needing new pins, you have to understand how much that actually costs. Right. But, Each lane, you know, 25 pins. Now, we did 900. We're not going to probably put all 900 in. No. Um, you look know. for the maracas. Yeah, there's and there's quite a few. Yeah, I don't know if it's just I don't know if we got a bad batch or what, I mean they they're obviously older, but you had all these guys on Friday nights just banging them out. I think they broke. I, I don't even want to know how many pins they <laughs> broke. You know, but you know we see it. It's just like you said, it's an expense and it's it, you know especially coming off of COVID. You know, being closed and yeah. Well, that's one of the things too. I've had open bowlers say to me before, like, oh, do you mind if I just grab lane 17, expecting to bowl for free? And their argument is, well, nobody else is using it. Like, they're not realizing there's wear and tear, there's the motors going, the electricity and everything else. And, you know, I've thought about it before, and I'm like, what if somebody knocked on your door and said, can I use your car? You're not using it. Right. Like, yeah. Even right. if you filled it with gas, you're, the wear and tear on the tires, the engine, everything else, like, people aren't understanding that it's, th these things wear out. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Now, you said you bowled in the kids' league? I did. And how many kids were in the kids' league back then? Oh, God, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> it was both sides. I mean, like, that was, I was young. Robert was in the kids' league. Susie, I mean, we had a, a ton of people. It was both sides. Boys and girls split. Like, yeah. And we kind of started the, the NHCBA Travel League was about my age. You know, we went around, and that was pretty cool, like, because you got to different bowlers, different houses, and stuff like that. But it was big. It was big when I was younger, and it just kind of slowly died off but yeah we're trying to make a push here to get one of the things that we're doing i don't know if you guys have done the same thing because we have an issue we can't get into schools right we can't and you Neither said helen. can we yeah, yeah but you said helen over in fairway with she could but she was also on the school committee oh there you go that helps and go. i mean and i mean she was a big her family has, was huge in natick for 50 years yeah so they i think they kind of I mean, she donated a lot of money to them, too. Yeah. And land and, like, all that stuff. So they're probably like, all right, you know, we'll let you have this one. <laughs> I think we have to get more creative and figure out, who do we know? Like, I think we can't yeah. be the ones calling. We have to find somebody that may yeah. have a connection. One of the things we do is with the um, homeschool kids. Yeah. And I think it's probably even a little bit bigger. We haven't really looked at it since COVID because a lot more people are homeschooling. But they can bowl as their sport, as their gym credits. So they can do that in public schools as well. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple of... Um, Actually, I was going to say kids, but they're all girls, that we have to sign off saying that they had X amount yeah. of hours bowling. Yeah. And because states didn't happen this year, we actually that's one of the reasons we started doing summer tournaments for the kids. She yeah. didn't have enough hours. So we started a summer 
and it Very caught up her hours yeah. and things like that. And that's actually been really cool because our kids' league has always been handicapped. Yeah. The kids focus more on their averages, and that's kind of it. And for the summer, I said, let's cater to the older kids. Yeah. Let's, or not even just the older kids, the kids who want to be more competitive. And let's right. do tournaments every single week. And we have two 11-year-old kids, a 14-year-old kid, and then a couple of the older kids. And I'm going to tell you, I just made a post about it. They're all bowling significantly better from doing that. And they're bowling yeah. head-to-head matches, which they never really did before. Because COVID, they were spread out. Right. So I think there is a lot of that where they could, could be a gym replacement. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's the tricky part is not being able to get into schools. Yeah. We're competing with four-season sports. Um, Amy was telling us that her daughter was a four-season athlete, and only now is she starting to get into bowling. Yeah. So I don't. I didn't start bowling until I was 23. Right. So I do think there might be a market for that. I know we have a league that just started a year ago, the softball league, Yeah. that was looking for something to do in the off-season. I think maybe our marketing has to be redirected a little bit from where it was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's always a change in mindset. You gotta, you know, especially in this sport, you gotta change and, and it ebbs and flows with how you market people and different, you know. Yeah. Now, Jeremy, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel over the last five, ten years, there's almost been like a changing of the old guard? Yeah. And I wonder I if that's so. part of it. That oh, re- absolutely. Yeah. I think even as proprietors, it's starting to change. You know, like I'm kind of moving up in, in you know, Lita with, you know, bringing things to the 21st century, getting yeah. things on social media and, and push. It's a change of, of mindset. Absolutely. I think so. I think there is, even a few years ago, we went to the ICBA meeting. Or was it? It was ICBA. The one yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was, it was the year Ralph Sem stepped down from the president role and there was a lot of that old mentality of well and I remember the thing that bothered me the most was the repeated theme of we're not going to go back to the old days and it wasn't in a way of like we're not going to go back to the old days because we have exciting new things coming it's just we're not going to do it we're not going to do it the game is slowly dying what are you going to do Nothing. Right. It's like, exactly. uh, you know what, we'll just kind of kick it under the rug. Exactly. Right. And that's, that was the feeling that I got. I, I went there hoping we were going to see this whole big upward swing, and it didn't. It, it's aimed more at proprietors. It's more open, aimed at open bowling, it seemed like. And I almost think over the last few years, the bowlers, and I know, you know, obviously general manager, I'm sitting with two general managers in here, but I almost feel like the bowlers took it over in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that... N- keeps that momentum needs to keep going forward it doesn't you i think you know we're kind of moving away from the icba the nhcba like i mean we're part of it we i don't know if you guys we do the bpa like we get a lot of kickbacks from the bpaa but Uh, this this year we weren't going to and then i think al al ganji or no ed ganji called me and he's like they're doing a super super discount right now yeah oh did they end up and we didn't one year we didn't do for one year we didn't do the nhcba or icba just uh, just it wasn't. It, it just wasn't feasible, and and the rates per lane, per yeah. lane bed. I mean, we've got thirty six in our regular building and twelve in our global links. So we've got forty eight lanes that. So how how much does New Hampshire charge? I don't know off the top of my head. One of the tricky things I was going to say was one of the big reasons we joined was for our state tournaments. Yeah. And we joined because we don't really get a kickback. We're already because we have multiple centers. So yeah. We're fortunate right. enough in that. So I remember. PJ, the old owner here, uh, used to comment on that saying, we already get those rates because right. we have so many centers. We specifically joined it just to let our bowlers get into states. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then they canceled states. Right. So it really was a sunk cost with, and I don't want to say no reward, but... No, absolutely. Right. And I, like I said, I think the bowlers need to kind of come together and, and move away from 
I mean, it's a, it's a great organization. I'm not going to, I'm not dissing anybody that's part of any ICBA, mass, uh, none of that. I just yeah. think we need to move past that because they kind of reached like their glass ceiling. Like they're, we need to right. burst what, what else? That. What else can we get out of? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. And we didn't join obviously this year because we had no money coming right. in. It was like literally all like almost no money. Yeah. And was it, they dropped it to, it was like 50 bucks a lane bed. Yeah. For, for the what was it uh, for the NBA? I think it was. And I'm like, ah. He's like, well, we all need to help each other. I'm like, I understand that, but like, what's how the, does it help me? Right. right. Exactly. And like, and like you said, like we have so we already have a bunch of centers. We're already getting discounts on on things. Yeah. Yeah. That would right. probably get us. But yeah. so why would we change just to send some kids to the state tournament? Which don't get me wrong, like my wife would, and I, Kate, run the state, right. and it's big, but they didn't even have it the last two years. Right. So. Right. But the absolutely. amount of money that we're paying just for that. It's I not mean, feasible. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Like, I mean, one of the reasons we did it, if you remember, was when FICO's had closed, we had a lot of bowlers, kids league and yeah. adult bowlers, who said, we want to bowl in states. Are you guys sanctioned? And we wanted to get those leagues in the house. Yeah. And that was the, one of the moves we made. And then, of course, it's the idea of it's not just that kid or that adult, but maybe they're going to bring in their own team. Right. And, absolutely. And that was the thought process. But if they're not doing states, at least from our perspective, other than obviously helping the game, and I'm not discrediting that at all, and yes, joining uh, together, yes, yeah. there's not a huge incentive for companies to join if they're already getting discounts, if there's no states, what is the prize that we're all looking to get? Right. And that was what, what got a little tricky. And I don't, again, I don't think any of us in this room want to discredit what they're trying to no, accomplish. Yeah. But it was a weird year for everybody. Yeah, right. I just think there's more outside of that realm. Like, there's definitely more, you know, yeah. possibilities outside of it. I think that was that was the meeting, I think, was it uh, Jason Gothier, the senior, was there? And he was he was representing yeah. the western part of the they state. They broke off from the NBA. Yeah, so I, I called it trying to secede from the union. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like they wanted to be their own yeah. thing. And his reasoning was to be part of the ICBA, you had to be part of the NBA. Right. But there was already a Western, so yeah. I forget what WS, I can't, I'm going to mess up the initial, but there was a what? NECA, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to. He, so what his point was, you had to join that. But that didn't get you ICBA right. sanctioned. So then they had to join the letters Jeremy just rattled off, maybe in order. <laughs> then the NBA. Yeah. Then you could join the ICBA, yeah. and they wanted to be separate from the NBA, right. so they could join directly without yeah. the NBA. And I think right. and Ed Ganji said, if you guys think you can run, and not in a sarcastic way, but I think his reply was, if you think you guys can do it on your own, you know, you have my yeah. blessings, basically. Right. What he said. So, but in, I was torn on it. Obviously, I had I was just there more to see what it was like. But my thought was like. In a time where we're all trying to come together, I felt like sp splitting apart isn't helping. No. I get why they did what they did, obviously, mm -hmm. um, but it just—I almost feel like we need an umbrella, like one catch-all. And I know that's supposed to be the ICBA, but I don't feel like, as a bowler, I don't feel represented by the ICBA. Maybe as a proprietor—I mean, I'm not a proprietor, but maybe as working for a company, I do, but not as a bowler. Yeah, I mean, like, I've talked to bowlers, again, this is a, a, you know, a conversation that comes up with a lot of bowlers that, you know, they've bowled in ICBA tournaments and there's no representation there. Nobody from the ICBA is there. Right. And so what what are we paying in for? For what? You know what I mean? Like I said, we get the kickbacks from the BPA, you know, through Cisco, through, you know, our vendors, but what else? You know, no representations there. So what what is the point of... Right. Of doing this, you know, and, and that's just from, I'm hearing from other people, not even, you know, as a proprietor or as, you know, 
And I doubt that any of them are listening, but look at the Easter Classic, the Triple Crown, New England Candlepins, and there's a lot of big tournaments. I'm not saying that they have to kick any money into it or represent it, but wouldn't it be nice if their website had some of these results? Yeah, had some of these results on there and recognize what's happening in the game. And, you know, we've talked about Hall of Fame. How are you going to get in the Hall of Fame once TV's gone? Right. That was kind of the the prize, Channel 5, Channel 50. We don't have that anymore. What are they going to use... Pro series aren't televised unless right. Bob Lee's going. Right. So how do we know who the elite bowlers are other than what's posted on Facebook? Well, and even then, with the Hall of Fame, you have to be inducted. Like, somebody has to induct you. Like, they're not looking at, you know, they're not looking at these top bowlers and saying, like, I think this person or I. It's somebody has to tell them, like, this is who I think. Right. right. Have to be like, nominated. what is the point of that? You know, you have to. It's Then it's a popularity contest, really. Exactly. <laughs> and it's tough, too, because you. I know. I think once you have a vote, you're a voter for life. And how many people have a vote that are not involved in this game whatsoever? You should. It, I feel like it should be, a, you know, a three-year, and then you can come back in. I'm not saying you have to be a bowler, but right. you have to be involved. I don't. At some point, some part of the game. Again, good catch. <laughs> That's the second podcast I've dropped the microphone, and not in a good way. <laughs> you know, and Perel is one that I'd actually like to talk to. Yes. Because he is on the board. Yes, and more involved so, than he pretends to be right because he's very quiet but every, jeremy was saying every time he goes in there he knows everything that's going on yeah. oh, he pays attention he does oh, yeah absolutely and the funny thing is it's like you talk about people who are quiet but are paying attention tommy olsta was in here and he said even though he's not on facebook he said i see everything yeah. he said i don't want to post anything he's right. like but his wife's on facebook and she shows him yeah. all the stuff he's can, like so i know imagine imagine if he ends up getting facebook i mean he's just gonna get bombarded he's gotta do that setting where you can't request him He's got a, there's a way you can do that that you oh, can you yeah you yeah can't. you like remove friend or like you have to reach out yeah right and I think he might have to do, at least at the beginning and then right figure out who he wants as his friends and things right. like that but I think that's kind of, see that I don't mind you don't have to be showing up to every tournament but just know who people are who are some of the up and coming bowlers yeah. you know if if you're if you have a vote. And I don't want to say Baker because I think Baker. I mean Baker was back on TV, but I mean who are some of the uh, Josh Daly? If you yeah. have a vote and you don't know who Josh Daly is, right? Maybe right. you shouldn't have a vote anymore. Right. And there is so many new names that are that are being thrown into the ring. You yeah. Know, you're moving away from you know the older um, older. You know I don't mean like older. But yeah. There's so many kids that are you know right. coming into this the scene and. You know, paving away for themselves. Or another example of a bowler that wasn't on those TV days, but knows everything about the TV days. Nick Norcross. Right. Exactly. Do these guys know who that is? Like, yes. And the answer should it be. And they're yes. and they're big names. That yes. They're coming up into you know, and that's what this sport needs is yeah. younger, bigger names that are you know making away for themselves. And that's that's what I think we need is is how can you vote on somebody? I mean, can you imagine baseball Hall of Fame? These voters just get a name and they go, "What did he do? Oh, he had 600 home runs. Yeah, I guess that's yeah, right. They like at least watch the games or he, right. have some type of interaction yeah. with people. It would, I think, that would be a, a little change that needs to be made to make people and bowlers and proprietors feel like the ICBA is representing. It's listening. Us. Yeah, yeah exactly. absolutely. Just just the knowledge that they're involved, but th- I think that's the issue: is how many do they know that the Triple Crown exists? Right. Little things like that. Well, do they even know with the calendar, you yeah. know, I post it on our website, and I had somebody reach out to me. And they're like, "You're allowed to post other places' stuff on your website." 
Yeah, well, like, I absolutely. Was, why not? Like, we're all helping this game, yeah, and, and right. that mindset is that mindset that, like, no, we're not gonna right. like. If, if we can't help each other out, yeah. how are we gonna? Exactly. Gonna, and I was, I was like, absolutely, we can. Like, I want to see other centers succeed because yeah. if other centers are succeeding, we're gonna succeed. It like feeds into each right. other. But we haven't done it yet, and I know I keep saying other people should do it, and so we need to get on that as well. Like, I want to print that out. And hang it up on a wall, the, the calendar. Yeah. And then maybe put a couple. And of that bubbles. was like my thought behind it is that people could like print it yeah. out and like and and hang it up. You know, the NHCBA did years ago. They would put you know like their tournaments. Right. But, and we hung it up and put it out to our bowlers. And so why can't we do that with everybody's tournaments? I mean, we we put out lakeside flyers in the past. Yeah. So why haven't we? And, yeah. and they're great. You know, I mean, like back in the day, we used to send Easter tournament flyers to everybody and, yeah. and you know Lakeside's one that would sponsor bowlers and why can't these houses sponsor so bowlers I'm going to tell you it. flat out if you have a flyer yeah. if you email myself or Jeremy we will put yeah, it out same so, with us yeah. same with me like we're so, super and then like Josh DeBiro I, I try to get him to do Outrun out the Bear I yeah. sent him a message he said the kids league starts at that point so he's not going to be able to do it but he said, I know a bunch of guys, I think I could get do it. Let me talk to them. Yeah. It's like we're all in the same boat. We're Absolutely. not we're not competing with each other, I no, don't think. I don't I don't ever feel that way, you know, and I don't think And nor should we. Yeah. Absolutely. I it, wanna see everyone succeed. Right. And I think that was, you know, getting one of the things we have the closest house to us is probably either Whitensville or Norwood. As far as I know, I don't know if I'm wrong, call me out on it and, and uh but I don't know how many one fifteen bowlers like Norwood has. Right. I think a lot of them have kind of gone off to other houses at this point. But I think if you have a house close to you that you have a solid league and they have a solid league, when you have a tournament, like those are the people that are going to come over. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a 15-minute ride. I'm more likely to do, if there was a big money handicap tournament at Norwood, I'm more likely to do that than Lita right. just for the sense of it's closer. Absolutely, right? absolutely. So I think, I think we do need each other in that sense. Yeah. Where I think the old days of well, we can't have a bowling alley that close to us because there are competition. Well, and I think that's where the ICBA comes back into play, like needs to bring these people together yes. and not separate them right. from each other. I agree. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the only competition that we really, really have are just like other, like arcade type places. Yeah. Not necessarily a bowling alley, but yeah. just other family entertainment. Right. Like that's, but no, we shouldn't be competing with other, other centers. It's like I tell the story a lot about the guy who wanted his kid to do the kids' league, and I told him it's Saturday at, I think at the time it was 10, now it's 9.30, and he's oh, my kid's got kung fu at that time. And I went, oh, man, we lost the kung fu. Like, it's yeah. not, we're not, we're not losing, like, we're definitely not losing business to you guys. Like, we're not we're not close enough right, for you right. to be, for that to be an issue. Um, and then I think with the tournament calendar, we're doing well enough that we're, or I don't mean we're doing financially well enough, I mean we're doing well enough scheduling-wise, that we're not putting tournaments up against each other. And and even so, I don't think anybody likes that. There's not enough bowlers to keep splitting the field. We're all, as you did, you moved the the tournament date. We're not competing with another tournament. Obviously, we had Cheech on here talking about Cheech, that we always advertise Nico and things like that. But I think our competition at this point is other entertainment, gymnastics, soccer. It's not bowling. It's not head-to-head. Right. Yeah. No, I definitely agree with that. So... So, did you have a like a favorite bowler that you used to like when you grew up watching? Like, did you watch the old TV shows at all? Well, I mean, we taped WNDS at the bowling alley for right. Well, quite I, a while, I meant so like even even like I before. Definitely, that. Um, my favorite growing up would be Tom Morgan. That's a good one. I miss Gosh, Tom. yeah, me too. Like, uh, he taught me how to bowl when I was younger. Um, he's a good teacher. Oh, he's so good. 
And they, 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 him and Mike were like my two favorite, like when they would come to the bowling alley. And I mean, I'm out of high school now, obviously. So I got to skip school, like for WNDS tapings and like spend the whole day with like these like huge caliber of bowling. And I mean, I would never tell him to his face, but he's going to hear it now. But Chris Bolvar is another like one of my favorite bowlers. Like just him on the lane is, you know. I and he still bowls the exact. Fluff up his ego any more than it needs to be. But well, he told you me know. before he got old, he used to be good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but back you know, a couple hundred years ago. But but I mean, he still bowls the same way he same did. Same way. Yeah. Twenty years ago, twenty five yeah. years ago, that yeah, know, when I first started bowling in the roll offs. Yeah. Like in the late nineties. He, he took my out on the bare high single, so I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I got revenge for you. Appreciate it. <laughs> now, do you bowl actively yourself? Um, so I just started to get back into it. I've kind of always joked that I like being on the other side of the counter. Yeah. Um, I like the the background aspect of it, you know, the behind the scenes stuff. But it was hard, you know, being a manager bowling. Like I'm sure you guys can both relate. Like yeah. you're bowling, and somebody's like, "Hey, we need quarters behind the lane, or we need, you know, this. Can you talk to this customer? Can you take this phone call?" So I did step away from it for a bit, yeah, but it's it, it's you you always have eyes like always yeah. constantly. Everywhere. So I can't ever like you know it's, it wasn't fun, but I just did get back into it. Um, I bowled in my first tournament outside of Lita in like 20 years. I bowled the Exeter Doubles. I saw your name. Yeah, and it was so funny because so many people saw my name. And they're like. I didn't even know you bowled. So, Caitlin, my wife, has yeah. this, a lot of the same issues where she's behind the counter for Out yeah. on the Bear. And anytime she goes out, you bowl? Right. And she's like, yeah, I bowl. I do more than just Not good, but I bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Matt was the high guy for the day, and we didn't make the cut. So, that tells you how good my bowling is. Um. That, just the experience <laughs> of getting out there, I think, is huge. It was, it was weird. It was such a weird feeling to be in a different house for a tournament to not be the one behind the counter dealing and, with the and issues. That's the thing. And like, like PJ said to me, he goes, if I were you, he goes, I wouldn't bowl here. So he was the one who told me to bowl in a league at Ficos. Yeah. Because I was bowling here, and he said, I don't know how you do it. He goes, if I were you, I'd go to Ficos. Right. So I did. I met a few people, and I said, oh, I think I'm going to bowl in this league for a while. And he said, probably not that long. We're closing next year. Oh, like, <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely, like, it, it's tough. It's such a balance, to, you did, know. Did you feel like bowling at Exeter, you got to shut it off a little bit? A little bit, yeah. yeah. It was, you know, I definitely I didn't bowl good, so I didn't shut it off all the way. Yeah. But it was, it was a weird, I like, I was nervous, kind of. And, like, it was weird to just be, again, with people that I'm usually behind the counter talking to. You know, like, we right. were right next to Sonia and Jeff Surrett. And, like, that was cool to, like, yeah. have that experience with him. Like, I've, you know, dealt with him, again, behind the counter. So, like, to bowl next to that, you know, he's a, a decent bowler, so. It's okay. <laughs> I heard he's good. Yeah, Above he's okay. Above average. Huh? Above average. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something, so neat. A little yeah. bit more practice, you'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> one day. I think, uh, I mean, that's one of the things here. We're constantly behind the desk, and I can tell you, even uh, the Sunday Pro League, Brian Mayer was out for a week. I brought Jeremy up as a yeah. sub, so thank you for doing that. And people were so excited to see you out there because... You know, and I bowled Masons, and everyone's, oh, you left Millis for once? I'm sure you get the same thing. Yeah, it's like, oh, you left Lita? Yeah, yeah. And, and again, it's hard, too. Like, I work there six, sometimes seven days a week. Yeah. So to come back for a league night after you were just there, like, it's, you know, I just want to go home sometimes. No, I don't I don't have this problem, and based on how you said you bowled, you probably don't have this problem. But when you came up to Exeter, Jeremy, how many Worlds invites did you get? Uh, Three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I think people sometimes when you when you're just known as a staple in your house, leaving that bubble, if you will, yeah. people get excited. Like, right. oh wow, you're here. Like, I, well, it's completely different because you know when Fairway was open, they didn't really have a lot of those 
they didn't have those big tournaments anymore. Yeah. So they, know, they, they had their, were the fairway guys. Right. They had their in-house, you know, just lead bowl tournaments at the end of the year. So I bowled basically everywhere else. Yeah. So everyone saw me and all that stuff. And then I started working here, and I started just really bowling here because I didn't have time to go anywhere right. else. Right. And, and it's still it's still difficult to get to get out to other places. Yeah. Just like you, I'm, right now I'm working six days a week. Right. And, Right. Well, that that Exeter tournament, I went to work that night. So like, <laughs> right. I, I put my bowling balls away and just walked behind the counter. So it is, you know, and I, and I love the game. Don't get me wrong. I'll do anything for the game. Yeah. But it, at sometimes, you know, but that, you know, and then my, to have like my one day off and tell my wife, I'm like, I'm going bowling. I'm going bowling I know. today. Kate jokes. Okay. So I, I bowl. I go out more bowling than my wife does. Yeah. And she bowled in mixed worlds two years. Uh, well, in a row, but we had the gap. And she made the joke that, because people didn't know who she was. Right. And then I showed up, and all of a sudden people were like, oh, it's Kate. Like, they knew who she was. <laughs> and she joked, she's like, do I have to walk around with a table in front of me for people to recognize <laughs> right. who I am? Like, right, yeah. And because it, it was a different, and I think they know who she is. She, yeah. But I think for her it was, they saw her out of context, and it didn't click right away who she yeah, was. absolutely. Well, that's like um, in Exeter, um, Rob Kerr was talking to me, and he's like, oh, yeah, back in the day with, like, the travel league, they used to have to. And I looked at him, I'm like, you don't know who I am, do you? Yeah. He's like, well, in my name, he's like, you're Lexi. And I'm like, yeah, I'm Sean Howard's daughter from Lita Lane. So he's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, they just don't put, like, they, you know, yeah. two and two together because you're out of your element, right. you know. Exactly. And I remember like when you came out to Exeter, a lot of people were surprised. And I remember, I'm not going to tell the whole thread, but I remember when Brian said he was out, he said, you can take my average. I said, I might be able to find somebody. And he said, well, you know, they can take my average unless you can find somebody good. And I said, I think I can get Jeremy to come. And then somebody put a couple of other names out there, and then Rio goes, let's uh, work on Jeremy first, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> because I don't think they thought, you know, he's a pro-level bowler, just doesn't bowl in a lot of pro stuff anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, not to fill your ego a little bit, but I, but I think coming outside of that bubble was is huge. Whether you know, yeah. I'm not a pro level bowler myself. I know I bowled in it, but I think some of that had to do with name recognition. I think Nardone said he goes, "You're not well known. You're well Facebooked." I think is what he said to me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm either good with a name or a face. Yeah. Not, not together. Yeah. That is one of the things that drives me nuts, and I feel bad for it. Is you know, without Run the Bear, there's, you know, me and Kate pretty much. I mean, I know Jeremy's here and everybody already knows who you are. But the issue I have is how many people will come up and throw 20 bucks and go, I'm buying back in. What's your name? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I hate that. I'm like, or they'll check in for Easter and I'm like, what's your name? Like, I know who you are. I just, what's your name? <laughs> I had a guy, I, I'm afraid to tell the story, but I had a guy that came up to me at Timberlands and he says, Danny Finn, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, I see your posts all the time on Facebook. And I said, oh, awesome. I didn't know what to say. I think I said, oh, yeah, they can be annoying sometimes. He goes, yeah. I know Bob Lee. I bowl with him at Norwood. And I went, oh, awesome. I know Bob Lee. He goes, yeah, nice to meet you. And then he left. And then Diane was there. And Diane goes, who is that? And I went, I have no idea. Right. Well, I kind of feel that like way about like us. Said... Like, we've seen, we've talked yeah. our names. And, like, this is the first time, like, we've face, face to face. face. Yeah. And, you know. and Craig had said that, too. That's one of the reasons. I think we've talked about it before podcasts and after, but never during. That's one of the reasons we try to do as many of these podcasts. So far, all of them face to face. Yeah. Because we've all we've all met each other online right we've all I mean if you call it whatever how many opportunities do we have to sit and talk with people one on one and yeah. get to know people like Tommy said it where he's like I miss the friendships of the game yeah. and I'm sure you were in your glory I enjoy it when he said I feel like you guys are my friends now like right. that was really I cool I know like in my head like <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I enjoyed hearing that from. I mean, there's nobody better in the game right. in the history. It was your fangirl moment. Exactly, like, oh, but, exactly. but I yeah. wasn't. I wasn't a huge Candlepin bowling fan as a kid. Right. 
Jeremy, on the other hand. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite like Norcross level, like boring nerd. <laughs> yeah, but Nor I think Chi Chi said it. What Norcross does is, uh, is an unhealthy level of. No, I said that. <laughs> oh, you did say that? I said, I said it was borderline unhealthy. <laughs> and it was so funny because we, we went out after bowling this past Tuesday, I think it was. So You know, the timeline's all out of whack by the time it airs, right? You don't have to be specific. Okay, so this Tuesday, about, oh, a, Tuesday. about, a, about a month ago. Um, no, so we went out after bowling. It was me, Cheech, uh, Norcross, and Sarah Duffy. And so Nor Norcross threw a, threw a dig. He's like, you know, if you need somebody on the show who's like 60 years old, then or 60 years worth of like bowling knowledge in a 29-year-old body. You know what's funny? I was actually thinking about that when Cheech came in to interview uh, Kate and Carrie. And then I realized he carpools with Cheech all the time. I'm like, why haven't we ever put him on? Like, that kind of was a, yeah. a yeah. weird oversight. And I think right. sometimes people are hiding in plain view. Yeah, absolutely. And well, I mean, I think we all we all along have had a plan to have him on. Oh, absolutely. But I just don't know why we haven't asked him yet. I think that was a weird... Right. Yeah, I that think was, him and Cheech together would be a force to be reckoned with, I guess. I think if him <laughs> and Cheech were on, Jeremy and I wouldn't have to be here. No, 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 no. They <laughs> would just run with it. <laughs> They're, they're just going to keep talking, which we just slowly yeah. <laughs> back out of the room. <laughs> but I, th I think that togetherness, I think the game needs that. Candlepin and Chad is, I think, the best thing that ever happened for this game. Yeah. I think, I don't think the game is where it is today without no. Candlepin and Chad. The Void Forum was great, Jeremy. Thank you for posting about it for the first ever tournament that I ran. Ah, the Kaleri Forum was still better. I wasn't around for that. Um, <laughs> I'm still relatively, as what did Myrick say? I'm young in bowling years, is what yeah. he said. Yeah. And uh, I didn't start bowling until I was 23. Right. So for for me, I didn't go all the way back. But I think Facebook and the tagging and everything else, and you can see everything in one spot. The calendar is fantastic. I know there is a Candlepin calendar, which I think somebody immediately said, we already have that. But There's so many babies. And I know he There's was so trying so hard. But I remember every time there was a King of the Palace, and I would see Dave Madela post one thing about King of the Palace. We would always joke, oh, my phone's about to blow up with eight more posts because he would hit, and good for him for trying, right. every single right. page, and there's so many of them. Right. But at the same time, it's the same people that are attached to each page, so the same people are getting it over and over and over and over. Right. Well, a funny story, and I don't know if we told it on the podcast, but it's definitely a story we're going to have to talk about when we do have Bob Lee on, is the Bowling Nerd Network. Right. That all started because our old boss, PJ, used to call us bowling nerds. Okay. Now, just so everybody knows, it was met with love. He yes. calls himself a music nerd. He's like, we're all nerds. It just depends on what kind of nerd you right, are. Yeah. So it, none of that is, is a negative connotation. No. And I started the Facebook page, Bowling Nerd Network, and I had some ideas for it. Never really got it off the ground. Had too many directions and everything else. So it kind of was left to die and just be a ghost page. Then Bob Lee was saying, I want to create a Facebook page that I can put all the data and analytics and everything else. And he's like, but I would have to start it from scratch. And I said, I think I have a page for you. Right. And oh, he's the perfect person. He is. It. And then he even said to me later, um, recently, he said, you know, at first I didn't want to take it because bowling nerd. I'm like, but it's all stats. I'm like, you have to be a little bit of a nerd um, in yeah, a good way. Absolutely. I love the stats that come out. It's amazing. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's literally our version of Bill James. Yeah. It's, it's funny, too, because what we had Tommy on. He said, you know, I don't think I threw two strikes a game. And I said, actually, funny you right. say that. <laughs> because I told Bobby have Tommy on tomorrow when this conversation had happened. And he goes, 
oh, I'll send you a bunch of stats. And at like one in the morning, I get, he threw da 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 1.4 strikes a game, but 3.5 spares a game, went on this whole thing. That's amazing. So I read it to Tom, and he just goes, well, there you go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> because I think, okay. I think for him, he was just ball in hand and throw. I mean, he said he didn't even always have the same approach. He just says, I know how you end up. However you get there doesn't matter. That, that, like, he, trying to get him to say like anything like a bottom himself was like pulling teeth. Right. He's, yeah. just, he's just like... It's whatever, yeah. yeah. He goes, I just bowled. Can you try to be that good? It doesn't matter how you yeah. how you do it. It well, just gets there. Well, that's the thing. You have, you know, the Dan Murphy guy to better bowling. There is one way to bowl. Right. Then you have the Bobby Brown approach, which is more of let me see what you do, and we'll fine-tune it. Yeah. Um, both great strategies. Where Tommy was just like, I don't know, I just get up there and throw the ball, and however I end up, this is how I should that's end hot. up, and they fall. Like... Yeah, I wish I had that problem. I know. <laughs> yeah, because there's a lot of times if you notice, like when he goes to shoot, like his third ball, like he doesn't really set. Like he yeah, just, he just gets up and just like. And was it? Ball. I remember. Was it Sil Dorico? His brother bowled in our league. Do I have that name right? Yeah. And his brother was like, you always stand at the same exact spot. And everybody's got so many different styles. You always right. stand at the same there's spot. There's no wrong you way to do it. do it. Yeah, I laugh because we had Dan Murphy tell us there's one way to bowl. And you shouldn't ever have your arm come back over a certain point, da 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 And then he goes, now I'm going to have you watch a game so you can score it for practice. And he shows us a video of Peter Flynn, who's putting his arm. Yeah. <laughs> his, his arm almost does like a 360. Yeah, he can see his ball as he's throwing it. Like, it was just funny to me that there's one way to bowl, and then we immediately watch a guy who doesn't bowl that way. Right. And he, I would say, had a relatively successful career. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Yeah, he, he, did, he did okay. He did yeah. okay. <laughs> for a lefty, he did okay. Yeah, well, so... But yeah, um, we're getting right up on that time. Yeah. Uh, if you had any other other questions? I'm or? all settled. Is there anything you wanted to? No, thank you. Well, thank you. We really appreciate you making yeah, the drive. Yeah, of course. Down. Yeah, this, was, this was a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> well, as usual, another great conversation. Oh, definitely. And I, I get a kick out of how many people come in, and not to call you out, Lexi, but like, and they're so nervous, and I just tell oh, we're just talking bowling. <laughs> Although she wasn't as nervous as no. as others have been. No, I think people are starting to realize that uh, we're not that intimidating. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, we're really not that important. No, that's very true. That's very true. So obviously with being spare thoughts, we want to go over some of the tournaments and everything that's coming up. Okay. So of course, the big one with Lexi being here, unfortunately, as some of you know, we do pre-record this. So Lexi was in before the 20 stringer had occurred. So she wasn't able to talk about everything that had happened, just about what she was looking forward to. But uh, big congratulations to the winner, Joey Lister. Joey Lister, who had a monster second 10 games i mean just look like looking at strings 15 to 20 yes or even like 15 to 19 it, just that stretch where he goes 154 153 139 115 drops off a little bit and then comes back with a 60 well you know he probably felt he could take the 20th game off you know being up 112 pins or whatever he was up at the time. I was about so. to say at that point, like, you know, it, it didn't really matter. Right, exactly. So, but Joey Lister, I, he's really come on the last, I would say, year, two years. Yeah. I think he's really uh, turned it on, I feel. And maybe I'm wrong, and I'm sorry, Joey, if I'm misspeaking, but I remember first hearing his name when he signed up for an out on the bear, and I think he was like a, I don't know, one-teen bowler, and then it's just like a light switch. It's just yeah, Sometimes it just clicks. Throwing 120s. Josh Daly tied with Dean Sullivan. Obviously, we just had Josh in the... Uh, we're going to have his show in a couple weeks, I think. Yep. So, you know, another great showing by him, tying Dean Sullivan for second and third place. Nick Norcross, who we're going to have on uh, in a couple weeks as well, yep. came in fourth place. And Ryan Drago, who 
Uh, we haven't scheduled him. Maybe we'll get him on at some point. He's a big into the history of the game, too. I know he's trying yes. to hit up different locations. So maybe that's yeah. somebody else we got to add to our list. Uh, shout out to Luca Charna, too. Yeah, I mean, you look at this list. A lot of people. Both, I know, like, Freshie had a hot start. I did see some people giving him crap that's saying, hey, Freshie, do you want to know when the next two-stringer is going to be? Because I think <laughs> there's a little bit of a fall off there. But, I mean, you look at this roster from, you know, 1 to 25. I mean, there there's good bowlers all in this list. You know, just... There's not a lot of uh, people you could sleep on on this list. So to, to be on top, I mean, Jeff Surrett coming in eighth. You don't yeah, see that very you, often. You don't see that very often. You know, Bovere, a winner of uh, the five-stringer, I believe, you know, coming in 11th. Aaron Fontaine in 12th. I mean, it's a, it's a really good roster. Yeah, Dan uh, Lasko sighting, too. I know. So it's, it was great to see a lot of bowlers coming up there. I know I, I did talk to uh, Lexi. She was hoping for... I'll just put it this way, a wider web of bowlers. But she said she was still happy with, uh, I think she had 26 bowlers. I think one might have gotten hurt or pulled out around the 12th or 13th string. It's a grind, man. I, I can't imagine. I've never done, I think, I don't know that I've ever done 10. I did 10 once when we had our Buckaboo special. If PJ McCall is listening, we had a Buckaboo here on Friday or Saturday nights. And they switched it over to 995. And he said, you know, a dollar a game isn't going to work anymore for the company. So I purposely bowled 10 strings just to make it a bucket game. <laughs> so <laughs> that might be the most I've ever done is the 10. So I wouldn't even imagine, be able to imagine what 20 is like. So so that was the 20 string that we had. The King of the Hill was canceled. I believe Eric Seeger was just saying that the King of the Hill and the name escapes me is two hours away. And I guess where he was living, they got hit a little bit harder. So they yeah. moved it. So that's going to be on uh, the 29th. So if you're looking to do the King of the Hill, reach out to Mark Moon or Eric Bromberg. That's going to be on the 29th. The mixed doubles is uh, 1710 is also going to be on the 29th and the 28th as well. And I think that rounds out our August. Uh, September is going to be banging a little bit more as well. So what do we have going on in September? Yeah, so September... Let's see. Let's start. We have September 11th, uh, King of the Hill and Masons yep. in uh, Lemonster. Uh, it's also the first event of the Pro Series season, the uh, doubles knockout at Portsmouth. And, it's like uh, opening day. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that's, you know, and, and Ulster said it. There's nothing like that September feeling. The leagues are starting up. The Pro yeah. Series starting starting over again. It's like a brand new slate. Yep. You it's know, my, we, first, uh, my first Pro Series event. So, yeah, I'm excited for you. Well, I'm excited too. Uh, bowling with Ken Dubray, so that that should be a lot of fun. You know, it's also a lot of fun too when you bowl with people you like. Not that you know, there's not a lot of people I don't like, but right. when Ken Ken had messaged me asking me if I want to bowl, I got real excited. Yeah, we have the mixed teams event at Exeter on Sunday the 12th, as well as King of the River. That's starting back up. That's usually every Sunday. Yeah, that's that's weekly. We have the well, sorry, the best five out of seven at CPL has been canceled or, yes. or postponed. From what I understand, it's postponed. It's a lot happening that day, so including a duckpin tour uh, stop from yeah. what uh, Phil Clough posted. We have the King of the Hill at Agawam that day also, and I want to stress this one out too. We have a Candle Pins for Cancer TV roll off at Academy Lanes. Yes, that the show that Alfie Al Johnson is trying to get together. I mean this. It, He's doing great things. Guys, this is the one that you're all looking for. Like, right. everybody keeps saying we need to get this back on TV. And, I mean, New England Candlepins does a great show. And in the past, you had classic Candlepins. You had King of the Palace. This is really one that I think you guys got to circle. If this takes off, this could be a big money one. Yeah. It, I mean, it is. It's $80 for the roll-off. Yep. But he's he's throwing some big money around. Yes. So if this takes off the way he, he thinks and the production team he's trying to put behind it, if you're thinking about it or you're, or you're on the fence, this is the one you want to sign up for. This yes. 
this could be a turning point in the game, I think, if if this is what everything that he claims that it could be. So Right. So I, I mean, I saw some good names. that are. I mean, Baker's already signed up for yep. it. God, I'm drawing a blank on who else. But. Yeah, we'd have to pull up the list. I, I think a lot of times, too, bowlers, especially the higher caliber, sometimes kind of wait till the end to sign up. Um, but this, this needs to get... You know, needs to bang. As somebody who's run a tournament, I can tell you, you really want to get people signing up early. The more people you have sign up early, you can start to get a basis for what the prize fund will be. Right. Once you get that, you can start maybe guaranteeing some money. Mm-hmm. That's when the second wave comes in. So if you're on the fence or you plan on signing up and just haven't done it yet, now's the time to do it because that's going to get that first wave going, which will get that second wave, and then everything kind of falls into place. So. Right. Exactly. So please sign up for that one. And we're going to be talking to Al in a couple of weeks, too. Nice. Uh, and he can he can elaborate more than we can, right? Because he's been dreaming this up for a while. So. He has. He. I mean, he's been working his tail off, right, to raise money. I mean, he's also he's raising money for cancer, and yep. he's trying to bring back the competition. And you know, we also are going to be talking with Nate Lee's in a couple of weeks as yep. well. He worked with Alfie for I think it was Mixed Worlds, yep. on, and that was a collaboration with Candlepins for Cancer as well. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the experience has been there. It's, this isn't the first rodeo of combining these two things, but this could be, you know, the mile, the the one top of the mountain tournament that we've all been looking for for a long yep. time. Yeah, I agree. September twenty fifth. I don't know. Some random thing is happening. In, uh, Something Mills? about an animal. Uh, I don't know. Chase the bear. Chase the bear. Outrun the bear. Outrun the bear. I don't know. <laughs> uh, September twenty fifth. Outrun the bear. Scratch singles. Yep, we're guaranteeing fifteen hundred of the top, the top bowler for the day. Absolutely, we still have uh, we still have plenty of room for that. Don't plenty we? of room. I think we're around sixty right now. Okay. So I mean, it's still a good number. But it is a good number. But I'm uh, I get very greedy, and I, <laughs> I wanted to get bigger. Um, we did pay out two thousand to the handicap winner, and I'd love to do that for the scratch. I, the scratch is my favorite, even even if I don't often bowl in it or I don't have a chance in it. To me, again, like Alfie's tournament, I want to see the best. Oh, exactly. Then wrapping out the month so far, we have the King of the Hell at Spare Time. I can't remember if Handicap is first or Scratch is first. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know if they solidified that one. I know, I do know. Bromberg did say he wants to have one and make yeah. it a set, um, which makes sense because you yeah. don't want to show up and be confused. Right. I, I understand trying the different different methods and you know doing polls. I'm always going to make fun of polls because I always do them. But um, can we get know, a poll on that? We can get a poll on that. I'll I'll put it up today. But if you uh, if you're interested in that, they do a handicap and a scratch on the same day, which is great because you can do both. Right. Exactly. So, I think that's it for what we have for tournaments coming up and tournaments of the past. If we missed anything, please let us know. And also, again, we're looking for stars of the weeks. If people have a big milestone they want to discuss, you know, with fall season coming up, I'm sure oh, we're going to. We be- actually missed one last week, and I was kind of kicking myself after the fact. Our own Eric Seeger threw his first triple. That's you know what. And I was there at Woburn. Yeah, he threw. Uh, he had a rough first half, and then he came back strong. I, I forget what he had for the total, but yeah, second half was a monster. First ever triple. He threw one before, but it didn't count, and that's his own words. He threw it actually practicing while the New England Candlepin show was happening. <laughs> and so everyone's bowling, and you know, I'm sure bowling well. But then there's Eric Seeger off camera throwing a triple strike. Good to finally do one in the league. Yeah, no, it's definitely much much better when it counts. It does, and and the funny thing is too, like somebody told me once you got the first one, like they fall into place more, yeah. and I didn't <laughs> not as much as they think. Well, but uh, I had I threw my first, and it took me a couple years, and then you know I threw a second, then a third. So hopefully these are uh, he he popped the cherry and more more to come for Eric Seeger. Absolutely. All right, well that's all I have. Yeah, same here, and we'll see you next week.